So welcome to the Global Discussion, discussions with creatives, leaders, and thinkers. Today, I'm joined by Mark Schaefer. Absolutely delighted that you're here on the show, Mark. Let's begin by asking you to introduce yourself to our international audience. Over to you, Mark. Well, I suppose I am creative. I've, I've, I've written 10 books. Uh, I've blogged uh, for, oh gosh, like 15 years, I think. My podcast is in its 11th season now. So that's the creative part, I guess. I don't know. I'm a thinker, maybe. I don't know, because I'm an academic, I guess. And uh, so, um, you know, I'm a consultant, marketing strategy consultant. I teach at a big university in America. I'm a keynote speaker, and I've just published my 10th book. I think those are the, the main things about me. And I love Ireland. <laughs> I'm half Irish, and I love that's, Ireland. That's so I just got to stick that in there. Because I'm always happy to talk to my friends in Ireland. Well, thanks very much, Mark. And listen, not only are you a creative, a leader and a thinker, you know, I'm going to say it because you're one of the world's leading marketing futurists. There's no doubt about it. You're, you're an exceptional international keynote speaker. And just for our audience listening, you know, seven pat patents, 10 best-selling books, a uh, couple of master's degrees, uh, Rutgers University faculty. Um, you've been on BBC, New York Times, NPR, CNN, CBS, Time, Wall Street Journal. So I just want to give you that, uh, Mark, because I know um, in your summary there, you know, I just want people to fully understand it. it you know, your expertise, mm -hmm. which is probably what, three decades now of expertise in this area? Uh, even even a little north of that even. All righty. <laughs> Alrighty, but uh, delighted to have you here. So look, let's let's move on. I want to I want to ask you a few questions if I can. Uh, the book that I'm reading at the moment is your latest book, and I think it's uh, truly uh, exceptional because the thing that stuck with me is, you know, beyond the brand, but you're talking about the community is sort of the the last bastion, the final frontier in marketing. Could you just unpack that a little bit for me and my audience, please? You know, I love that. You know, I haven't really thought about it in those terms, the last bastion, the final frontier, you know, sort of Star Trek-like. I like that very much, Simon. Well, you know, what's what's great branding? It's about building an emotional connection between what you do and your audience so that you mean something, you, you know, you feel something when you hear a name or you think you hear of a, of a brand. And that's getting increasingly difficult to do. We live in a world <clears throat> where people don't really see ads anymore. If by luck they would see them, they don't really believe them. Uh, and especially when it comes to young people today, they're just kind of in and created this own bubble for themselves, this own, you know, alternative media universe. And so I talk about community as being the last marketing, great marketing strategy, because it was the first marketing strategy. I mean, you know, you and I are just, you know, one or two generations away from our, our families that would, they, they actually knew the people in the stores that they went to. That's where they would get their meat or their flowers or their clothes. And they would, they would know their families. And so we, I think we long to belong, not just from a business perspective, but from a psychological and sociological perspective. That's one of the key ideas in the book is that our, we're, we've got this big mental health issue. I'm sure it's the same where you live. It's in the news literally every day. And um, so 
what I propose in the book is that community is perhaps the greatest overlooked marketing strategy in the history of overlooked marketing strategies. It's right in front of our face. It's not new, but we haven't considered it from a brand marketing perspective. Now, this is a business book with, I think, a very rock solid business case, why this should be considered as a marketing strategy. But the fact is, it's not only marketing that works, it can be marketing that heals. And I think so it's exciting on a whole different level because once all this other like advertising and PR and all these other things sort of fade away, we're still gonna have community. We'll always have community. And it's something we need to think about in our in our businesses, in our in our marketing portfolios. Mark, I, I absolutely love that. I couldn't agree more. And I love the fact that, uh, you know, it's not just marketing that works, but it could be marketing that heals. And as you were talking there and talking about a generation or two ago, you took me right back in the moment to my grandmother and me and her in a store. She knew the shopkeeper. She was. She had a, a wicker basket. There were no carrier bags, no plastics, no technology, oh, wow. no electronic till. The cheese was cut with a wire. It was wrapped in paper, probably wax at the time. I'm not sure. Mm -hmm. And that rapport and that community, you took me right back there in that instant. And I think that really helps to illustrate the point. Thank you so much for sharing that, Mark. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I've, I've got a similar story in the book about a story my grandfather would, would go to that's still there. And they, they still know everybody. And it's just like, I, I, when I visited this store and just watched how it worked, I thought I have never belonged to anything like that in my life. You know, I hate shopping and, but we long for that, it, you know, inside of us, that hasn't changed. We long for that. And that's why I think it can be so powerful to start thinking about it, you know, in a digital way, or in a community, in a, you know, in real life sort of way. Yeah. And I suppose I want to get into a little bit about content if I can, Mark, because you wrote an exceptional post recently, and it, it kind of relates to what we're talking about here in terms of engagement, that emotional connection. But obviously we're very high on AI at the moment, at the time of recording your post recently about beyond the basics, you know, the 20 non-obvious use cases for chat GPT for marketing. I thought it was an exceptional piece and I'd encourage anybody who hasn't seen it to go and search that out on the uh, rise above the noise um, area. And uh, I mean, even down to the imagery, imagery that you used with Midjourney, it's an exceptional article. And I just wanted to get your view on this because people who think we're busy now or there's a lot of noise to cut through now or there's just so much content, it's hard to make an engagement. It's almost as though we've just pressed the turbo button with this AI uh, <laughs> monster. So oh. just could you share some of your thoughts on that, Mark, mm -hmm. in terms of where community connection engagement and then this huge sort of wave of content seems to be heading our way pretty quickly? Yeah. Yeah, I saw a friend of mine characterized it the other day as the AI tsunami. And I think that's certainly a way to think about it. And Simon, you know, I've been thinking a lot about this. I've been listening to people a lot about this. And almost everybody characterizes this the same way. This is really exciting and very terrifying. 
it's terrifying because <clears throat> I think it threatens many people on an existential level. Um, this absolutely will replace many skill sets, perhaps some careers. And I think the only thing that will protect us uh, in this environment is this emotional connection. You know, I mentioned, I, I wrote a post a few weeks ago about, you know, something about this existential threat. And I said, <clears throat> and I've been saying this for years, my friend, shouting it from the rooftops. <clears throat> the only thing that can save us in this environment is the personal brand, is our personal brand. Just as you're doing today with this show, you're creating content that's that's just essentially human and you're adding your perspective and your and, and your beautiful words that you're using in this show and these keen questions. And that helps you connect in your with your audience in an emotional way. That can never go away. That can never be replaced. And in this world where you're right, we're gonna have, I mean, I've, I know several people right now that have written books. Chat GPT wrote the books for them and they've published it, published, published it under their name. I can't even imagine how many self-published books are going to come out, blog posts. And, you know, it's going to be in, in the next two years, we'll be able to create beautiful movies with AI from our kitchen table with almost no effort or no expense. So, I mean, this, this tsunami of content is coming at us and the emotional connection we can create with A, personal brands, B, communities. That's really the only thing I can't even, and I've thought about this a lot. <clears throat> you describe me as a futurist. You know, it's it's a word I've reluctantly adopted for myself, but I do have a good track record of sort of seeing how trends come together and, 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 and seeing where things are going to go next. I, I, I do have a good track record of that. I cannot see a way out of this other than the emotional connection that comes from personal brands and community. A hundred percent. I love that. And I, I think, look, that's back to the, the the tagline for the book, belonging to the brand. You know, it's why community is that last great marketing strategy, isn't it? You know, and you, you mentioned something else there, which I think is equally important. We've seen the rise of the personal brand, haven't we? And I really appreciate your comments about you know, even what we're doing here today and the, the language that we're using and the emotional connection that, that we have here and hopefully our audience has uh, with this episode. But it, it's it's about adding that personal brand, that little bit of you, isn't it? That little sort of special bit of magic. And we've seen the rise of personal brands. And do you think that now is is critical in business or in life? Because some people are not really investing in their personal brand today, Mark. I, I honestly think it's everything. I mean, whether it's your brand or a corporate brand, it, it's we talked about how it's sort of an existential necessity right now. When I speak to college classes, there's about, I don't know, 50 or more universities that are actually using my books as textbooks, which is you know quite an honor. But I always offer to zoom into these classes and do a Q&A with the students so they can ask me questions about my books. And every opportunity I have, Simon, I urge 
young people or anybody who will listen that you need to be working on your personal brand. It's the only sustainable competitive advantage we will carry with us throughout our careers, number one. And I think increasingly the personal brand is the brand, all right? People may not know the name of your company. People certainly don't, most people don't know the name of my company, but they know you, they know me. And we people aren't going to see our ads or believe our ads, but we do believe each other. We believe company leaders, company founders, technical experts, entrepreneurs, our friends, our neighbors. And so, the, you know, I believe the personal brand is everything on an individual level, level and a corporate level. So it, 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 it's really uh, important. I, and I know, you know, a lot of people kind of, you know, poo-poo it. But the people that poo-poo it, ironically, have massive personal brands. <laughs> They're already there. They've got a media right. team supporting them. So it's like just kind of silly. Yeah, and I, you make a good point there because um, people with media teams, I think of, you know, Satya Nadella at Microsoft, they're, you know, what they're doing with Bing and AI now seems to be very interesting at this time of recording. Mm-hmm. Or Tim Cook at Apple or Elon Musk or you name the name. Um, but they do have uh, people helping them. I'm not sure how many people Elon Musk has helping him. Maybe he does a lot himself. I'm not sure. But um, it, it's funny that you say that because when you think of one of the big major brands, or at least I do, and I know many others, you think of the person, don't you, the individual? And it's like, yeah. you may not know the name of my company, but you, you'll know me. And that that human element, that sort of connection, sort of intertwined with a brand, isn't it, nowadays? Yeah, yeah. You know, one of the examples I use in my classes is that um, when someone buys a, a Mercedes-Benz, for every car Mercedes-Benz sells, they spend $945 on advertising. Tesla spends zero. They don't even have an advertising department. And the reason is they've got Elon Musk. I kind of like the old Elon versus the new Elon. Or maybe he's always been the same. But you know, to many people, he's the greatest entrepreneur and perhaps the greatest hero they have of this generation. He is the brand. Who do you love at Mercedes-Benz? Who do you love at, you know, T-Mobile or, uh, you know, your insurance company? Probably nobody. And so I think this is a huge opportunity. And by the way, I'm now being asked to consult to big companies, big global companies saying, we can't spend enough on advertising to get our message out. People don't see it. People don't believe it. They're, they're re, reconsidering their whole marketing department. Instead of spending money on press releases no one's going to see or believe, they're, sur- they're surrounding these executives to help them create a personal brand, to help them be spokespersons for the company, because that's what will be believed. Yeah, I I really like that, Mark, because I know you've worked with some of the world's biggest brands and continue to do so. And I'm thinking of Microsoft that I mentioned or Caterpillar or Cat or Adidas or Cisco, mm-hmm. Pfizer, mm-hmm. Um, the Wyndham Hotel Group, you know, huge in their own right. And the Bank of Ireland, I'll throw that in there. Um, but yeah. uh, you've, you've worked with a lot of international brands, 
J&J, Johnson & Johnson, etc., across many different disciplines. And it is true that when you think of certain brands, you can't think of a person. And yet the other ones, you can think of the person instantly uh, because they they sort of become the brand. Um, now, I, I want to change gear a little bit of a cam mark because I don't want to run out of time with you. And I want to ask you a few questions because I'd like to oh, sure. share with my, share with the audience around the world a little bit about the person that I'm that I'm catching up with on the show. And the question for you is about your own learning style. Obviously, you you know, you said you reluctantly took on the title of futurist, but you sure are predicting the future and helping brands and people in the moment with all of your wonderful content. But when you learn or take on board information, what's your preferred learning style? Is it audio books, podcasts? Do you pick up a book? Is it a particular genre or type of information? Do you read for pleasure? How does that work for you, Mark? <clears throat> Yeah, I, I certainly have um, a, a reading orientation in terms of my preferred learning style. Um, um, ironically, I don't really read a lot of books, and that might sound strange, but um, as I mentioned, you know, I've, I've written 10 books, I blog every week, I've got a podcast uh, that, you know, I haven't missed an episode in 11 years. So, unfortunately when you create all this content you don't have a lot of time to consume a lot of content not as much as i would like so i tend to consume i'm a voracious consumer of newsletters that um, are pointing out new ideas new trends and my learning style is i i, I collect trends um you know and and i'll give you an example so um in the last few weeks, I've given keynote speeches to a banking association and a, a bunch of people who own fitness clubs. Now, those are really, really different audiences. But what I do is, is I collect trends so I can give a speech and say, and I can pluck out, here's what I read here, 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 here. This is relevant to you. And this is where really where I, what I think is, is, is coming next. So I tend to just read things that are that are here now in the moment. I'd like to read more books. I'd love to read more books. I've got to find a way to do that. <laughs> but that's that's sort of my my consumption style right now. Well, thanks for sharing that, Mark, because it's useful for people to know how that works in your world. And I think the creation curation of newsletters where you're sort of filtering the information that's coming to you. And I'm sure over many years, you've sort of honed that down to the ones that you want to to receive. I think that's a great, a great suggestion. And the podcast is amazing. How have you not missed a day? That's an incredible achievement, Mark. Well, I, I, I think that I've often said that consistency is more important than genius because ultimately you want to become part of the fabric of someone's life. You want to become a habit and to become a habit, you've got to show up and you can't let them down. So look, here's a certainty. I'm going to be sick. I'm going to have a crisis in my life. I'm going to go on vacation. You know, those things are going to happen. So plan ahead right? So I've got, um, you know, maybe a dozen blog posts in my file. I could pull out if something bad happens or if I'm just tired. <laughs> um, you know, if I see something coming ahead on the podcast, um, I'll plan ahead. 
I've, I've got a, you know, an extra show in my pocket there in case something would go wrong. Um, when I, I, I got COVID and, and asked a co-host to take over for a few episodes. So, I mean, you know, you've got to be consistent. It's, you know, a lot of people might think, oh, well, no one's going to miss me if I miss a week. That's a slippery slope. So, you know, I, I think the, the key to showing up well as an effective personal brand is, is consistency and the discipline to, to execute that way. Thanks for that advice, Mark. Um, the other thing I want to ask you is, now this could be back to your childhood, it could be something that happened to you yesterday, but you must have met people along the way um, who inspired you or motivated you or people that you admire. Or it might just be a character trait, Mark. So when I ask you that question, what springs to mind? Well, the person that inspired me the most um, is easy to name. Um, I got to to study for uh, three years when I was in graduate school under uh, Peter Drucker. And, you know, he's the most famous management marketing author and, and, and advisor, you know, easily in history. He's always number one in the leading thought leaders of our, of the century. And it was the greatest just experience of my professional life. And there's not a single day that goes by that I don't hear his voice in my head. Um, because he would just, he would just drill certain principles uh, into us. Uh, in terms of characteristics, um, you know, gosh, uh, chemistry is just so important, Simon. I mean, chemistry in business, I, I had an, uh, an example early in my career, I had a sales job, big, big sales job. And I was account manager for this multi-million dollar account. And I was knocking heads with this purchasing manager. We could not solve these problems. Well, my boss and her boss were longtime friends. So my boss flew to Phoenix. We had this meeting. We went out to dinner with the four of us. My boss, you know, we're having drinks. My boss said, well, you know, we've got this problem. And I think we ought to probably do ABC. Her boss says, yeah, yeah, that sounds good. ABC. That was it. Months of struggle over in 20 seconds. And it just, it, you know, it's just a great lesson in relationships and chemistry. So I really value, you know, the, the close, trusting, honest, authentic relationships that have, you know, helped me be successful in business. I love that relationships and chemistry. That's either a book or a t-shirt. You know, I need <laughs> something there. I love that, Mark. Yeah. Um, and obviously studying under Peter Drucker, I mean, what an exceptional um, gift, I suppose, would be the best way yeah, to describe I'd, that. I I'd, 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 I'd fight for it because I was, I was 27, I think, at the time. And everybody in this program had, had white hair. <laughs> everybody in this program was a vice president of something. And I was turned down two times. And on the third time, I went to the dean of the business school. And I said, I need to be admitted to this program for you know, equal opportunity. He looked at me and said, what? I said, I'm young. You don't have anybody young in this program. You need some fresh ideas. He laughed and he let me in. So it was, it was a, 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 truly an incredible opportunity. And I held my own. <laughs> that's even better and i love what you said about you can still hear his voice in your head every day i think that's a wonderful thing yeah 
Yeah. Mm-hmm. And and Mark, I want to ask you as well about advice. Now, I'm sure you've you've listened, received, uh, interpreted many much advice over the years. But if I ask you about the best advice, something maybe that you've taken to heart that stayed with you that you that you you call on, or maybe it's advice that you often find yourself sharing with people that you think is vital to share with our worldwide audience today. What what springs to mind? Well, again, it would it would come from from Dr. Drucker, and um, you know, one lesson he he taught me. Um, we in the way he taught was was the Harvard case study method, and we went into these insanely complex business problems. And I think the advice he would give us is especially relevant today. He said a leader doesn't have to have all the right answers. You can't possibly know everything. You have to ask the right questions. Now, in today, we're living in this world of malignant complexity. Nobody can be an expert in anything. Nobody can explain the internet. (laughs) Nobody can explain the economy. But, and I think it's just going to get worse for all of us. But I think we need to be involved, be immersed in these new ideas, in these new technologies, to, at least to the extent that we know their potential so we can ask the right questions. So I think that's that's been profound advice for me. It's certainly informed my consulting approach, not trying to have all the right answers. I approach things very humbly, honoring the expertise of the people I work with. And if I ask the right questions, we'll get to the right answers. I love that a lot. I really like that. I think, you know, the better the question, typically the better the answers. Yeah. And spending a bit of time trying to figure out what it is you're actually asking. I think that's sage advice, Mark. Um, I want to squeeze two in real quick. Uh, the, The first one is, as you look forward over the next six, 12 months, what are you hoping to achieve? What's on the roadmap for Mark? What does that look like for you? Well, uh, Curiously, um, I, I need. I'm taking a step back. Um, what I realized is, over the years, um, I've gotten lazy on basic marketing practices for myself and my website. I've just ignored some things, and honestly, you know, you know, business was just coming in pretty easily, and I just ignored some basic things. And I, I reflected over the holidays that I, you know, I just need to get back to some some basics. I'm not even really setting a good example for people <laughs> because, you know, I, I, I need to do some better. Um, I need to show up in a better way on my website in my marketing. So that's going to be a, a, my, you know, one of my major focuses for the year. And of course, you know, belonging to the brand, I'm excited about this new book. I'm going to be doing a lot of discussions about that, working on a new speech, maybe even a, a, a new class about community. Uh, so that's going to, be something I'm very excited about in the next year. That sounds great. And the last thing I want to ask you, Mark, is, is there anything that I haven't touched on or any other part of your life that you'd like to share with us or anything else that's going on in the wonderful world of Mark Schaefer? (laughs) Um, And also, you know, please do let us know if people want to catch up with you, find out about the book, the blog, the podcast, everything. Where's the best place to send people to? Yeah, sure. Well, I mean, first of all, Thank you, Simon, for being so well prepared and for <clears throat> reading my book and asking me great questions that I haven't been asked before. That's always appreciated. 
And I'm sure your audience appreciates that as well. You know, in terms of, uh, you know, something else, I mean, one of the big messages of my life and of my practice is, um, you know, I wrote this book called Marketing Rebellion. So far, it's my best-selling book. Hopefully it won't be, but so far it is. And the subtitle is The Most Human Company Wins. And And I think as your listeners navigate this very complex world, I really think if we examine everything we do and think about how can we be the most human company, the most human university, the most human podcast, the more most human nonprofit, those are the companies that are going to win because in this age of information overload and the, you know, this imposition of technology into every aspect of our life, we are going to be seeking and, 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 we were longing for those human connections. So if you're doing things that people don't like, if you're spamming people or doing practices that they don't like, stop that and double down on on things that people love, like community, because the most human company will win. And to find more about me, it's very easy. Businesses grow. Nobody can remember how to spell my name, but businesses grow. If you can remember that, you can find my blog, my podcast, my books, and all my social media connections. Well, Mark, I think that's a lovely note to end on. Thank you so much indeed for being a guest on today's show of The Global Discussion. Thank you to everybody around the world who's either watching or listening to the show. And join me back here uh, to find out more about our further discussions with creatives, leaders, and thinkers. So thank you, Mark. It's been an absolute pleasure to have you on the show. It's been a privilege. Continued success, my friend. Thank you.